malfunction. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, happy Mother's Day. So uh, we know at, at Renew that this day uh, could potentially be loaded for you. We know that these Mother's Day and Father's Day uh, comes with all sorts of blessing, all sorts of struggle, all sorts of just feelings, right? Uh, maybe you're living your best day and you were met in uh, bed with breakfast. It was the best breakfast you've ever had in your life. Or maybe your husband and kids totally forgot today. Or, or maybe you are, this day brings up all sorts of tension of grief and loss and struggle and pain. So wherever you are at, uh, I want to um, just pray for you and, and pray a blessing over you. And I want to say, uh, women of Renew, uh, both in person and online, you are doing a great job. All right? Let me pray for you. Jesus, we are so thankful for the women that are in our midst. Wherever they're at on their journey, we are so thankful that they are your daughters. We are so thankful that you love each and every one more than they can possibly know. You shower them with grace and mercy. You knit them together. You know the hairs on their head. You know every part of them. You've created them. You've created their looks, their personalities, their strengths, their weaknesses, all in your image to reflect you to the rest of of the world to show the rest of the world who you are. Jesus, I pray that they boldly follow you. I pray that they gain their identity and approval from you alone. And I pray Is, is you've called them to join, to partner in your mission to this world that they would lead with compassion, with empathy, with courage, with wisdom and strength in this world to bring glory to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And that video is going to be good. Maybe we'll show it next week or something. Um, uh, next week, we have uh, some baptisms going on. So it's going to be a service of celebration. It's our last uh, week of dangerous prayers. And we have three people, I think, sign up to be baptized. If you would like to be baptized and you're ready to take that step uh, of faith in your journey, uh, please go to renew.church slash the hub and fill out the I want to get baptized card. Please do that today uh, so we have time to, to meet. Um, another cool thing that happened this last week, uh, we partner and support an uh, organization called Power of Perception. Uh, Dennis comes to church, and, and they uh, have a mentoring program with uh, Eau Claire schools where they uh, partner with black and biracial kids to mentor them. And it's an amazing, phenomenal uh, mentorship program. And uh, uh, last week, we put out a call uh, to create care packages for Power of Perception. Each month, they provide care packages to send home to bless families and equip them and give them some good, fun things to do together. And so we put out a call, hey, 
We want to create movie baskets with a free movie rental code, candy, popcorn, all the good things for a movie night. And you guys responded. Within like three days, all the slots were filled. Sunday, you guys brought all the things. We packed bags and we brought it to them. And we have a picture of them with some of the baskets that we gave them. So I just wanted to say thank you. Like this is what it means to be a church that is for Jesus, for people, and for our city. Amen? Amen. So, thank you for that. Uh, We are in week three of a series called Dangerous Prayers. The past couple of weeks, we've been talking about prayers and dangerous prayers. And my hope is that throughout this series, it begins to give you some new language of prayer. I don't know if you're like me, but my prayer life can fall into this pattern of like what I need to make me comfortable, what I need to make me feel safe. God bless me. God keep me healthy. Keep all those things. It, those are good prayers and needed prayers. But my hope and my, my prayer throughout this series is that we begin to give you language to deepen your prayer life. Prayer is what connects you to Jesus. Prayer is what keeps you in tune and in step with the Spirit in Jesus. Prayer is what keeps your relationship and conversation going with Jesus. Where you are stopping, you're listening. You're talking. You're listening. You're talking. You're listening. You're talking. Do you have that relationship with Jesus where your prayer is more like a conversation? Prayer is what keeps your relationship with Jesus. Prayer is what moves you. Prayer is what transforms you. The first week, we talked about this prayer that David prayed in Psalm 139. He's in the middle of this rant He talks about God and his relationship with God and how it's intimate and it's beautiful. And God knows the hairs and and all these things about him. He knows thoughts before he even speaks them out. And then he stops in this this middle of this beautiful prayer and kind of has this rant and how he hates his enemies. It's so real. I love it. Like prayer isn't a fake thing, right? Prayer is a conversation. Whatever's on your mind, you can say to Jesus, he already knows anyway, go ahead. Talk freely, like he's your friend. But David has this moment where he's like, God, I hate these enemies. I hate them. They don't follow you. I hate them. This really real moment. And then there's this break in the prayer. Where David essentially looks in the mirror. And he says, God, search me. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Know where my heart and my mind, things aren't going on that are of you. If there's anything offensive in me, God, take care of it. Deal with me. It's a remarkable moment in the middle of this beautiful prayer. And so we talked about how we can pray in the moments of realness in our lives. Search me, God. Know my heart. See where there's anxious places in my heart and my mind. See where there's ways where I'm going away from you. Then last week we talked about prayer 
this prayer, speak to me. Where our desire, this desire for God to speak, knowing that whatever God says may not be comfortable, it may be dangerous, it may be a place where he calls you to something that you may not want to do. We talked about this. God, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you have for me. And you talked about a prerequisite of that is being still. And knowing that God is God. Because God could try to FaceTime you all day long. But if you never pick up the line... It still says unavailable on his end. Being still, creating space for God to speak is essential. Oftentimes we complain that we don't hear God, but we rarely leave room for him to speak. This week we're going to do another prayer that is probably equally as challenging. Are you excited for that? I can tell. You guys are thrilled. I want to talk about a prayer that is uncomfortable this week. A prayer that might get you frustrated, that might make you angry. A prayer that might call you to something bigger in life. Might call you to something difficult. Might call you to sacrifice. If you pray this prayer, you might actually never be the same. It might completely transform your life. You may find yourself burdened. You may find yourself grieving. You may find yourself losing sleep over this prayer. You might mourn. You might cry. Is anybody excited (laughs) to hear the prayer? In all that, in all the pain, (laughs) in all the discomfort, sorry, In all the challenge, you will still find incredible blessing and joy as you partner with Jesus to witness the kingdom of God here on earth. What's this prayer? It's this. Break my heart, God. Break my heart. Wake me up. Search my heart. Know me. Speak to me. And break my heart, Jesus. Show me where in the world your presence is needed. Give me this deep overwhelming heartbreak that sends me into action to pray, to serve, to give, to partner with you, to witness your kingdom here on earth, to be the light in the darkness in this world. God, as we, as we ask you to search our hearts, as we Be still so that we can hear you speak. Jesus, I pray that we slow down in our lives enough so that our hearts can break over what your heart breaks for.
Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 8. I think this prayer is interesting because I don't know about you, but often my prayers will be around comfort, around needs that I have, around making my life easier or the lives of my loved ones easier. And this is actually a prayer that if you really lean in, this makes life more complicated, right? And it's something that we often don't take time and really pray. Jesus, break my heart for what your heart breaks for in this world. Jesus, you've called us to be a part of your mission, to be a reflection of you in this world. You've called the church to be that. You've called us to be that as we follow you. So Jesus, break our hearts. This is often the prayer, uh, uh, the motivating prayer of many of the prophets. Jeremiah was a prophet. Look at Jeremiah chapter 8. Jeremiah was a a prophet called to preach to God's people. God's people, like in all the prophets, went off course. And, And God was calling to Jeremiah, go to my people. Expose where they're living their own way rather than God's way. See, the people of Judah were rebelling against God. The leaders were abusing widows. They were taking advantage of the poor in their midst. They were abusing them. They were oppressing them. They were living in ways that were completely contrary to God. Even though they were supposed to be living differently in this world. God called Jeremiah. Jeremiah, go speak to them. Preach to them. Show them where they're off course in attempt to bring them back to me. I've created them to be my reflection in this world. When people see them, they should see me. And so often that's not the case, right? Even today. God is continually looking for for prophets that will go to God's people, that will bring them back to Jesus. Have Jesus be the priority, the foundation in their life. And Jeremiah's heart broke for the people of God. Jeremiah was aching on behalf of God. This isn't right. How can this happen? How can you claim to know and love God and still act like this? Abusing people, mistreating people. Those that are powerless. His heart was breaking. And you can see it in chapter 8. Turn with me to 8, verse 18. Verse 18, Jeremiah is crying out, You are my comforter in sorrow. My heart is faint within me. Listen to the cry of my people from the land far away. And continue on in verses 21 and 22. Since my people are crushed, 
I am crushed. I mourn. The horror grips me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? You can hear Jeremiah's heartbreak for where God's people are at. You can see his grieving, his mourning, his weeping. My grief is beyond healing. There's no repair. It's so great. My heart is broken. I hurt with the people. I mourn with them. I'm overcome with grief. My heart is crushed. My heart is broken on behalf of the injustices of those who are abusing those who do not have power to defend themselves and make things right. So what did Jeremiah do? He did what God called him to do. He went and preached over and over and over again. He didn't hold anything back. He preached. He gave them God's word. He prayed. He fasted. He stood strong. He did everything that he knew to do. And things didn't even immediately change. Jeremiah said, My grief is unbearable, my heart is broken. And here's a question. Do you want that? Honestly, no, I don't. (laughs) Right? Like that's where life is complicated. It's messy. When you mourn and grieve, the fact that God's people aren't living up to what they're called to be. I love that Jeremiah said, yeah, but I'm going to go and I'm going to preach. I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to try to bring God's people back. It's beautiful. Break my heart. See, when we pray this prayer, break my heart, Jesus, we give space for the Holy Spirit to invade, to show What's currently breaking the heart of Jesus? And my prayer is that if we pray this prayer and we get to the place where like, God, Jesus, really, I want to know what's breaking your heart. Where are you calling me to? Like, where is this going to bring up this, this conviction of prayer, of serving, of giving, of living differently in this world? Someone's phone is going off. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I'll go back to my notes. <laughs> my, my prayer is that as we pray this prayer, it leads us to this compassion. This compassion that leads to action. This compassion that leads to action. I, I, I want to say this, and I, this isn't in my notes, and I was debating on whether to even address this, but I, I just want to say there's a lot 
of people struggling in the world today, right? With church, with Christians. There's a lot of people struggling with many aspects of Christians and church in our world. And this is my hope in my prayer. I pray that as our hearts are broken, that somewhere along the journey, it leads us to action. See, I think this is the biblical aspect of this prayer because we can pray, God, Jesus, break my heart. And then we can just sit in that broken heart for a long time. And that's part of the process. That's part of the lament. That's part of the grieving. But my hope in my prayer is that somewhere along the journey, we move to compassionate action on behalf of Jesus, on behalf of his people, on behalf of where Christians in the church are falling down. See, we see this in Jesus' life. We see this true compassion that leads to action in Jesus' life. I want to teach you a word uh, here. Uh, Put the word, the Greek word up. Does anybody know what that says? No, I didn't think you would. This word is called splunk nits omai. Can you say that with me? Splunk nits omai. Oh my, splachnitzamai. This is the word throughout the gospels for this deep compassion that Jesus felt. And it's not just like, oh, Jesus took pity on this person. It's not that like Jesus felt sorry for them or Jesus felt like he should do something in this scenario. No, this word means there is this movement deep within of Jesus, this passion that something has to be done. There is a need, there is something going on in the world, and there is something deep within that is creating this passion, this prayer, this serving, and something has to be done. It's my heart is breaking for what God's heart breaks for. And I must take action because Jesus is calling me to we see this word all throughout Jesus' ministry where Jesus was moved with compassion See, it's easy to say you care, right? It's easy to to type on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or make a TikTok about it. It's easy to say, I care. It's easy to like virtue signal on whatever platform you use to show the world that you care. It's a whole nother story to actually put action to that caring. I would argue that it's really not caring until you put action to it. And we see Jesus do this time and time again in ministry. We see him moved with compassion. And as he is moved with compassion, 
It brings about change. It brings about transformation for everyone around him. It's truly witnessing that the kingdom of God is a different way of living. This is what you and I are invited into. Every time this word comes up throughout the Gospels, there is a corresponding action with it. Jesus is moved with compassion, and it results in an action. It doesn't result in Jesus going on Facebook and talking about that. It doesn't result in in Jesus declaring to the city streets that this isn't right. It's Jesus moved to action in the community that he was placed in with the people that are around him, that are living life with him. Mark 1, 40 through 41, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, and Jesus was moved with compassion. Matthew 20, 29 through 34, Jesus touched the eyes of the man. He was moved with compassion to take action. See, compassion, true compassion, demands action. It demands that you no longer live the same for the benefit of the people around you. Here's a couple things about compassion. That we see in the life of Jesus. Compassion interrupts. Compassion interrupts. It interrupts your day-to-day life. Jesus, Mark 6, Jesus was exhausted, fried from doing ministry. He wanted to go out and get some rest. When Jesus arrived, there was a huge crowd. Jesus was moved with compassion to minister to them. He fed them. Jesus interrupted his me time, his time praying to God to serve the crowd of people that were in the mismits. Note, he didn't always do that. But this time he did. He was moved with compassion. Luke 8. Jesus was on his way to heal the girl that was dying and was interrupted by the woman who was bleeding, who touched his robe. He was moved with compassion and he stopped and listened to her story, healed her, and then went on to heal the girl that was dying. Mark 2. Jesus was teaching to a packed out house And a few guys lowered their friend. They dug through the roof and they lowered their friend down. And Jesus was moved with compassion to heal this man. Compassion interrupts life. Compassion costs. You can look at Luke 10, the Good Samaritan. What was that story? The good Samaritan found the man naked, beaten on the side of the road. Two religious guys passed. This Samaritan said, I can't, I'm moved with compassion. I have to do something. He took the man to an inn, bandaged up his wounds, paid for the guy to stay at the inn until he was healed. He was moved with compassion, regardless what it cost him financially. He was moved with compassion. Compassion changes lives. It transforms cities. Compassion heals the blind, feeds the hungry, clothes the naked, restores the broken in our world. God 
God, break our hearts. Give us eyes to see. Where we can partner to bring the kingdom of God here on earth. I love this because I look around at our own church and I see people moved with compassion all the time. And it is one of the most beautiful things to see. You, moved with compassion to live differently in this world. To witness the kingdom of God coming down to earth. It's one of the greatest things that we get to be a part of as a church. There are people who have prayed this prayer. God, break my heart. And they're moved with compassion. And are partnering with Jesus to witness the kingdom of God. And and let me tell you, it's not often sexy. It's not often uh, loud and boisterous. It's often very quiet. It's obedient, it's hard, it's sacrificing. But let me tell you, it's transformational. Someone can shout on social media all day long. But it's the person who prays this prayer, has their heart broken, and says, I'm going to start praying for this need. Oh, God, you're calling me to step up? and actually help fill this need? Okay, God, I'm gonna humbly and obediently fill this need to whatever I can, whatever you've gifted me with, I'm going to use to help fill this need. Oh God, this is hard. This is, this is pressing on me. This is difficult. This is challenging. This is causing me to step out in faith. This is costing me something. This is interrupting my life. God says, yeah, I know. That's what it means to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this world. See, it's the couple that feels heartbreak. It's the couple that feels heartbreak when they look around and they see children without parents. Who are moved with compassion to say, we can provide a home for that kid. We can foster or we can adopt. We can partner with Jesus and do something about this need in the world. It's about feeling the heartbreak of Jesus. That there are kids in this world that need support and mentoring. It's from people having a lack of that in their own lives and then growing up to be adults saying, I know this need exists. I know it breaks Jesus' heart. I'm going to do what I can to be called and equipped to meet this need. I'm going to mentor and I'm going to equip and I'm going to support the next generation so that they can change the trajectory of their families story. 
feeling the heartbreak of Jesus, that there are women that are abused and need a place of healing and restoration in this world. I could go on, church. There are so many places that I see the church stepping in, praying this prayer, and then stepping in to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to partner with Jesus this way. I'm going to witness the kingdom of heaven coming to earth in this way that God is calling me to. Because I know his heart breaks. And I know he's calling me out. So church, here's a question. Will you pray this prayer? I want to give us a few moments. Worship team's going to come up and and they'll start playing. But I want to give you just a moment to just close your eyes, open your hands, and just talk to Jesus. And if you're courageous enough, ask Jesus, Jesus, will you break my heart? And then be still and know that he is God. Whether you hear him speak or not. Can we do that, church? Jesus, I pray. I pray you search our hearts. I pray you speak to us. I pray that as we follow you, that you break our hearts for what breaks your heart. And you call us into this quiet, humble, powerful way of living that is different than the world. And that partners with you. Lead us as we take a few moments and pray. Amen.